A rose can never be a sunflower, and a sunflower can never be a rose. All flowers are beautiful in their own way, and that's like women too. Miranda Kerr. Lachea had set the quote from the former Victoria's Secret angel on the top of her Facebook page in the winter of 2015, and it's still there today. I don't know if Lachea was the rose or the sunflower, but her mother claims that she brought life to any room she entered. She loved to learn and had a drive that would surely have carried her to success. But all that vanished one night, along with Lachea herself, and we're here to unpack it all. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Native to Aurora, Colorado, Lachea was born February 8, 2000, and remained there with her mother Sabrina Jones and her siblings. She wasn't what many may call a rebellious teenager. She often sought permission to attend parties or stay out late, but her mother rarely approved. Sabrina said her daughter was an amazingly intelligent teenager, but perhaps a bit naive, trying to see the best in those that she met. She was bright and focused letting very little distract her from achieving her goals. She was an honor student at George Washington High School, and at just 16 had already decided that she wanted to work in the medical field, pursuing a career as a nurse. In the summer of 2016, she secured an internship at the University of Colorado and had even lined up a job interview for a part-time summer job. On Friday, July 15, 2016, it was just like any other day for Lachea, her family was up late that night, playing games and conversing. But around 2 a.m., Lachea came across her younger brother still awake and watching TV, so she sent them to bed. That was the last time anyone in her family would see her. The next morning was Lachea's interview, and as the time crept closer, there was no sign of her in the house, so her mom asked her brother to wake her up. But after a minute, he returned saying that she was not in her bed or in the house, and that her window had been left open. The family started looking for her immediately, as all her clothes were still in the room. She hadn't taken her keys, wallet, or phone charger. It appears the only thing she took was her phone itself. The window that she had left open could not be accessed from the outside, as it was covered by a grate. And on top of that grate sat a potted plant that had been moved and set aside. Upon seeing all of this, Sabrina assumed her daughter had broken her normal behavior and snuck out of her own room to meet someone. She believed it looked like she had every intention of coming back, but just never did. She started calling her daughter's phone and it just kept ringing. At first, no one ever picked up, but after several calls, it then went straight to voicemail, as if it had been turned off by someone or possibly destroyed. Sabrina and her other children started scouring the neighborhood, asking if anyone had seen her, even going door to door, then drove around every street and checked any possible hangout that they could think of. Lachea had, quote, disappeared once before and was missing for a window of about 20 to 30 minutes, and her family had no idea where she was. But she showed up without much of an explanation. Lachea's mom, Sabrina, called the police that morning after exhausting every effort and filed a missing persons report over the phone. Sabrina went out looking again that day 
until finally an officer arrived at her home around 6 p.m. They were also able to access Lachea's social media pages, but those revealed no clues or information. After the initial interview, police quickly assumed that she was a runaway. For one, because she had left the window open. But really, she had no reason to leave. She had a good life, a supportive family, and big plans ahead of her. Regardless, the police did very little to find Lachea because of their assumptions about her situation. It wasn't until the Polyclass Foundation stepped in that many began to take notice. The Polyclass Foundation specializes in helping families of missing children. The foundation helped Sabrina print flyers and post them all over the area, as well as spreading her story on social media. Tips began flooding in the first week after hanging flyers, and a story began to unfold. During the week in which Lachea had gone missing, Aurora Police Chief Metz had been on vacation. Upon his return, he began looking into her case and how the initial investigation was handled. It was clear that very little had been done to find the girl, and Chief Metz became concerned and decided to contact Sabrina. He interviewed with her that day, then had a press conference to plead for information. It was announced then at 2.30 a.m. on February 15, 2016, she was picked up by CCTV footage at an intersection not far from her home. She was seen wearing a gray jacket with sequins and a pair of dark capri pants. In the footage, she stops at the corner for a moment, then turns right after walking a little ways. She then crosses the street and walks out of view. In the last few seconds of the footage, in the corner of the screen, an image of headlights seems to be visible. Is this possibly the only clip we have of her abductor? There is no more information after that. So naturally, Lachea's ex-boyfriend was brought in, but he had not even had contact with her for months and had an alibi for the night and was quickly ruled out. The police were looking into all of the tips coming in about sightings of her and it became clear that several of these people all had the same story. They had allegedly seen her in an area of town known to be frequented by sex workers. Many of the witnesses claimed that she had been seen with a much older man and that she appeared to be drugged. They claimed the man she was with was a pimp. He was known in the area and that he was trafficking her. But no one would give the authorities his name because they were too afraid. One witness claimed the man is saying that he's a member of her family and that he has rescued her from her mother's boyfriend who was abusive. However, the problem with that story is Sabrina has said that she has not even had a relationship with anyone since her divorce in 2013. That was three years before Lachea went missing. After the police failed to come up with anything, her family tried to do their own undercover investigation, but were just led in circles. Lachea has a distinct scar on her chest, about the size of a quarter, and in the shape of a jagged circle. It was from a bee sting that got infected when she was a child. A witness called in and said he swore that he had just been with her minutes ago. He gave the room number to the police and they were there within minutes and he confirmed the scar. But when they opened the door to the hotel room, no one was inside. There were women's clothes thrown all around the room, but police could never verify if it was Lachea's. Another witness claimed that the police were only five minutes from finding her. He claims that a man had come in just before the police arrived and moved her to the hotel across the street, and then almost immediately loading her into a blue SUV. The FBI became involved once the sightings crossed over state lines, and there is now a $15,000 reward for information leading to her return, but it has never been claimed. 
It seems if someone has Lachea, they are always one step ahead of the police. There were many sightings called in following the weeks of her disappearance, but most proved to be cases of mistaken identity. Then after just five months, tips nearly stopped coming in and the investigation began to run cold, though the search for her has never ended. Like in 2020, police searched a house for evidence and have revealed little about what they did or did not find. The home was the location of a man that witnesses said Lachea was seen with. In September of 2018, a Sacramento woman was arrested for trying to extort the reward money from the Stein family. She claimed she was holding Lachea over a debt and that she would not let her come home if it was not paid off. The woman was charged with interstate transmission of a threat to injure and with the intent to extort. She also tried to do this before with a girl who went missing in 2017. That girl was later found to have been murdered. It is believed that Lachea may be in the Kansas City, Kansas or Kansas City, Missouri area now, though it's believed that she could be anywhere. Recently, Lachea has fallen further and further from the public eye as each year passes, but there may still be hope that we can bring her home. Here's the official missing persons report for Lachea. On July 15, 2016, Lachea Stein left her residence in Aurora, Colorado around 2.30 a.m. She was last seen in the area of East Montview Boulevard and North Peoria Street. She has not made any attempts to contact family members or friends since she has been gone. Be aware, Lachea is still considered to be in danger and with dangerous people. If you have information regarding Lachea, no matter how insignificant it might feel, please contact the Aurora Police Department at 303-627-3100, 303-627-3100, or the Colorado Crime Stoppers at 720-913-7867. That's 720-913-7867. Or you can call your local FBI office. Alright guys, well that is what we know so far about Lachea Stein. Mm -hmm. Hopefully more is to come. Um, this case on the surface, it didn't seem like there's that much to it, uh, which we see this a lot with a lot of these missing persons cases, especially when the person leaves, you know, quote unquote voluntarily, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. But when I started looking into this case, I got mad Johnny Gosh vibes yes. from this. I mean, even to the point where there were some witnesses said that Lachea wanted to come home mm -hmm. and has had opportunities, but is afraid that she would be, you know, looked down upon mm -hmm. by her family now yeah. because of the things that she's been forced to do. Mm -hmm. um, and with Johnny, it was so similar, right? He he visits his mom even. Yeah. Uh, writes letters to his mom, tells her that he's okay, but he's a different person now mm -hmm. and you know they grab these kids at such uh important transitional points in their lives yeah and then they they force them to do these unthinkable things and then it's like you're they're different people now yeah because of well, these experiences i think a big difference in this in johnny's case is like johnny was a lot younger 
So yeah, I think he feel like he feels like Lashea was what sixteen. She was sixteen. So I think yeah. like for I just feel like she should feel like she can come home, like no matter what her family necessarily thinks about her. I think if yeah. she wants to come home, she's being kept from coming home. Because yeah. I believe it. If if it were her, if it were her choice and she wanted to, yeah. I just don't see that being a reason she couldn't come. Like I could understand it for Johnny because, like you said, he was well. I'm stolen going, and turned into it like a totally different person. Right, and he was stolen at like twelve, thirteen. Yeah, years he was old. really young. Um, but what I'm basing this off of is there was there was another person who came forward, a witness, a girl who claimed to be in this same organization, mm-hmm. this same human trafficking organization with these same people. She even knew Lachea yeah. and claimed that, uh, you know, this girl was brave enough to run away yeah. and seek help from a shelter. Um, and she claimed that Lachea wanted to do the same thing but was afraid. Mm-hmm. And I guess she didn't really specify whether she was afraid of her captors yeah. or whether she was afraid of her what her family might think or what afraid of what the captors might do to her family. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's something that a lot of these these captors hold over these these young children. Yes, really. Absolutely. I mean that's what they are. They're kids. Mm-hmm. I know she's a full grown uh, mature like biologically at 16 years old, but she's still just a child. Yeah. And when you're you know, snatched like that and the reality of, oh, you know, I'm going to be rescued. It'll be okay. Starts to fade. It's mm-hmm. like the more and more it starts to fade, the more you're like, oh, God, what are they capable of doing? Right. They have stolen me from my family. My and family cannot locate me. Exactly. So what could they possibly do to them if I refuse to behave the way they Exactly. And they yeah. obviously know where my family is. Yeah. Right. And not only that, these the way these relationships start. They're not. They're very rarely just a a a, a kidnapping on the side of the street mm-hmm. or pulling kids out of their beds. That's not what's happening here. A lot of times these these kids get groomed. Yeah. Maybe there's an older an older man or woman um, that approaches them um, for a relationship. Right. It in- seems it seems pretty mutual at first, and then they start pulling them away a little more at a time. And that's how you get these kids to come out and meet yeah. you on their own. I think Lachey may have possibly been groomed by a group of girls. Mm, because I would listen to an interview with her mom um, where she talked about just after Lachey went missing, um, like this group of girls came forward claiming that they knew her. and Right. Like, you know, and of course, anytime something like this happens, you're going to have those people that just, you know, want to crawl out of the woodwork and, right. they and wanna, rub off on the situation. Right. They want to they want to implement themselves into yeah. the situation. But she said it was like like they they came in and acted like they just were best friends with her and they really knew her and had hung out with her. And her mom is like, I've never even heard of any of these girls and that's the same way with all the people that are coming yes. forward that are that are whether they're contacting Sabrina um Lachea's mom or whether they're contacting the police these are none of these people at least according to Lachea's family were mm-hmm. connected to Lachea in no. any way no but they seem to have very intimate knowledge about her now that could just be because they were kept in the same area mm-hmm. or it could be that they were friends with her and were grooming yeah. her you know and then there's this other disappearance, right? This 20 to 30 minutes mm-hmm. that we mentioned in the in the main yes. part of the show where she disappears and then comes back and doesn't really explain. Apparently, she was just like out for a walk in her neighborhood. Her her parents found her when they yeah. got in the car and went and looked for her. Right, right. You know? And she, she was just out walking. And I don't know. I don't mm. find that weird because at 16, I did the same thing. But I lived, you know, out in the country. So it wasn't that big of a big deal. 
You know, I wasn't walking around in the middle of a neighborhood or in the middle of a right. city. Exactly. But, I mean, still, somebody could have snatched me without anybody seeing it, you know? But it's the fact that they never found out, you know, why she did that. And that was extremely out of character mm-hmm. for her. You're See, talking about a girl who asked permission for just about everything. Here's the weird thing, though. Like, look, at, as, as far as they can look into her phone records and, like, her social media accounts and stuff, they've mm-hmm. access, been able to access all that. And it's not brought anything forward. Like weird know, messages right? from these people or, you know, or deleted Well, these people know what they're doing. They're That's not going to I'm contact saying. her so via those. So it's got to be somebody that she met up with physically in person that didn't leave a trail. Like they knew, I can't, I can't text her. I can't message her. I can't contact her. Right. I can't leave a trail. Either they knew that and they had, like you said, made contact with her the weeks following up to it or... She just went out that night, like, just wanted to clear her head. Like I said, at 16, 17 years old, I did that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I would sneak out at night and just sit on my front porch. Right. You know, and my dad had no clue that my windows even opened. Right, right, but, right. Um, but I think it's possible she could have just, like, wanted to go out for a walk and that whoever that person was saw her. Well, and... and as an opportunity like you said it's got it still has to be somebody in the community because uh-huh. i still feel like they they had to know of her or know who she was when they saw her right right yeah i but, don't know i just feel like the way that she's seen walking on that footage it doesn't look like someone out for a stroll it looks like someone moving somewhere yeah. she is headed yeah. somewhere she has a purpose she has both hands in pockets she's looking as inconspicuous as possible her posture even suggests a speed walk in my opinion there's a moment where she stops at the curve too mm-hmm. and it's almost like she's deciding whether to go forward or to turn yeah and she's probably looking for the vehicle that's that she's what i was about to, to say be. i think the thing was she was like a moment of hesitation. Yep. You know, she was like, "Do I really want to do this? Do I this? really do this?" Yeah, and it's it's heartbreaking to watch. It's crazy because you know, typically they, well, I, I say I was going to say typically they take kids from you know harder situations, lower yeah. income backgrounds or whatnot. But it seemed like the Shea had a good life at mm-hmm. home. Like she had parents that cared about her. She, she had, had no she previous had brothers criminal. that cared about her. Yeah, no History, no previous interactions she like didn't that. Hang out with she these had people. good grades. Mm-hmm. She didn't do drugs. Right. As far as we she know. seemed focused. Uh, what did they promise her to lure her away? Did right. they prom was it money? Was it you know what I'm saying? Like what was it? I don't know. That's why I'm like maybe she was just out and somebody grabbed her and like you said, now she's afraid to return, you know. Maybe because nobody will. She feels like nobody will understand that. But it's, golly, that cannot be blamed on a woman. I don't care if she was out at two a.m. naked down the street. No. I don't care if that can't. And I mean, like, and this, and uh, and whatever drew her out, whether it was a call or a text from someone or whatever it was, you know, they have they have these apps and this technology mm-hmm. now where you can you can text people and it looks like different people. You know, that shit's been mm-hmm. out for years. Yeah. I remember people. I remember family members and friends playing pranks on me yep. with that shit when, like, I'd say ten years ago. Yeah. You know, and that that shit's kept hush. But that type of technology. Yeah, we learned how to like dot, right? like star something, and then it would like block your number or something. Well, yeah, so the person yeah. couldn't tell. Yeah, it was that's you. like. Yeah, it was like. I mean, that's it's the like very beginning of that shit. technology, though. Right, right. That's how far, how long it's been around. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Those apps yeah. for like your smartphone. Like I'm talking about 2000. I don't know. I'd say somewhere around 2010 to 2013, yeah. somewhere and around there. It makes there. it look like a contact. I feel yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it looks like somebody else. Yeah. Like I could download this app and text you and look like it's from your dad yeah. or your mom. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's terrifying yeah that is really terrifying Mm -hmm. and it's like 
what happened to those apps? They just kind of disappeared. I've talked about them a few times on, mm-hmm. on, I don't know if it was this show or on True Crime Guys, but... It's a good thing. <laughs> it's kind of... Well, not really. That they disappeared. That makes, well, they disappeared from the limelight. They're, oh. they're not gone. You, that technology is still out there. Well, yeah. And there's still plenty of apps you can use it. It's just mm-hmm. people don't... It's it's not... I think, I think normal people who typically don't want to hurt people, they don't want to commit crimes, right? A prank is, is one thing. Yeah. Right? But typically, most the average person doesn't have much use for that software. I think, yeah. I think you're going to cause a lot more harm than good. Oh, yeah. You could really fuck up some people's relationships. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my oh, god! Oh yeah, like a call log. Oh it looks god! Like, yeah. it, it, it's That's it's awful. Up. The the possibilities of that software. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe it is illegal now. Maybe that's why we haven't heard of it or anything of those apps. But Shit. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. I really think it's out there and yeah. people are using it. They had to use something that didn't leave a trace. If they, you just don't, I don't know. I'm like, you just don't lure such a smart, cared for child out like that so easily. You wouldn't think so. Her mom did say she was quite naive. She's naive in, in, I think, in the way she was very trusting. In the way we all are as kids that age, we believe, you know, nothing can happen And her mom tried to protect her. She wanted the best for her. So I'm sure she sheltered her from a lot of different things uh, for good reason. But at 16 years old, mm-hmm. you don't think they're very good reasons. No. <laughs> you really don't. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Well, there's our there's our thoughts. There's our two cents about Lachea. Um, Hopefully, we'll hear more in the future. Yeah. But for now, let's check in with Lauren. Let's see what he thinks in this week's Lauren Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The disappearance of 16-year-old Lachea Stein, who went missing from her home in Aurora, Colorado in July of 2016. It appears as though she, on her own accord, left her bedroom, which was in the basement, and went out the basement window, moving a flower pot out of the way to get out, and left all of her belongings in her bedroom, uh, aside from her phone, I believe. And that would lead you to believe that either she intended to come right back, maybe she was just running outside to meet with somebody, or she didn't intend to come back at all. And she's only been seen that night walking down the street on security camera footage, and that was the last time she was seen, crossing the street, never to be seen again. And it's now been over five years since this occurred. And still, the only leads that have poured in have been a lot of leads surprisingly attaching her to human trafficking, which is shocking because Lachea had a really bright future ahead of her and had her head screwed on right. I mean, she was uh, on her way to going into nursing. She had an internship lined up. She had just gotten a job at Firehouse Subs. She was an honor roll student. She had big plans for her life, but it has also been said that she was young and naive and may have gotten mixed up in the wrong crowd and may have had, you know, a group of people she'd been hanging out with that she kept secret from her family and these people may have been connected to some dark stuff um, potentially human trafficking and she's been reported to have been seen on multiple occasions since her disappearance in, in the in the company of 
some of these people involved in human trafficking, which is bizarre to think that she had this wholesome upbringing and somehow potentially got mixed up in this, or maybe she's being held hostage in this. She may have easily been manipulated and lied to and, you know, promised certain things or whatever, or just thought that she had a friend that, you know, wasn't as bad as she thought they were. And they turned out to be a lot worse than that. And she's um, out there somewhere being held potentially hostage by these people and involved in something that she doesn't want to be. There's no way she would have written off her family from everything I've heard that she would just never talk to her mother again without being basically held hostage. So I'm hoping she is out there and she turns up um, and, and is manages to get away from this. Um, but many people that get caught up in that dark underbelly of human trafficking never make it out, unfortunately. So my, uh, my take is that she did. I mean, the FBI is actively investigating this. That to me tells me there's something going on here. Um, if the FBI is actively involved, they know more than what they're leading on to the public. And hopefully, you know, Lachea leads to under, you know, basically taking down one of these rings of human trafficking and they get her back. I think that's best case scenario, obviously, but, um, yeah, we just gotta, everybody has to keep their eyes open for her. Look up the poster. There's an FBI poster of her, you know, and keep your eyes peeled. It doesn't matter what city you're in. She could be anywhere. So, um, yeah, that, that's my thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next week. All right, Lauren, thank you for that synopsis as always, sir. Yeah, this case, uh, unfortunately, it seems pretty cut and dry. It just sucks because it's like you know what happened, but there's just no closure still, especially as Lachea's mother. Um, I can only imagine what she's going through, knowing that her daughter, most likely, her daughter is still out there. And also, what's up with the house that they found in 2020? They they searched a basement and haven't released their findings. Um I know a lot of heavy equipment and whatnot had to be brought in. Maybe it was another dead end. I don't know. But if I find out anything about it, I'll be sure to let you guys know. Um, I won't keep you too long with housekeeping this week. Big news regarding Patreon. If you like this show and you like what we do at True Crime Guys Productions, now we have everything under one roof. And that's patreon.com slash truecrimeguys. I know every episode up until now I've been saying patreon.com slash Podcast, And that Patreon is still up. If you just want to support us more and give us more money, that is always an option, okay? But I must, it, it is my duty to tell you that you can get everything that True Crime Guys offer on the $5 tier at patreon.com slash truecrimeguys. And that link to that is right below the description of this very episode. Not only will you get early releases to this episode, to this podcast every Thursdays, but every Monday you will get episodes of Strange Shorts, which I do with my pal Andy. There's a f We release every fourth one for free here on the free platform, so you kind of get a taste. But we do a Strange Shorts every single week to keep you guys up to date on the bizarre true crime world, right? Also, Sandu Stories that we do once a month. The new Sandu Stories is coming up very soon, so you will get access to that as well, including the entire back catalog for all of these shows. 
Strange Shorts, we just released episode 72, and Sandu Stories is on chapter 14. So all of the back catalog will be available immediately as well, and that's not even counting True Crime Guys content, where we do a monthly exclusive episode on True Crime Guys that's somewhere to two to three hours long, as well as Just the Banter every Friday, where me and Lorne... That's right, from Lauren's synopsis. We get on the mic, we take questions from listeners, and sometimes we just throw out a topic and get our own, get our listeners' opinions and comments in regards to that and kind of talk and discuss it. It's a great way to be, uh, to be part of the show and learn a little bit more about us here as host at True Crime Guys. All right, so that's pretty much it. Oh, God, how could I forget? Also, please go check out uh, our new Spotify album. We just dropped True Crime Guys Killer Mixtape 2 wherever you listen to music. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. uh, It's on YouTube. You can check out our YouTube account as well and stream it on there. Um, As well as most True Crime Guys episodes are uploaded on YouTube as well. So if you like to listen on YouTube in the background of your computer at the office, you can do that as well. Uh, But the True Crime Guys Killer Mixtape 2 came out March 16th. So you guys go give it a listen, give us some streams, we appreciate that very much. Share with your friends, jam on road trips, whatever you like. Alright, alright guys, well big things happening here at TCG Productions, and we'll see you next week, um, I think, or maybe it's Sandu Stories. Let me check before I look like a totally unorganized host. It is, it is Sandu Stories. Sandu Stories will come out on March 24th on Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash truecrimeguys. Chapter 14 of Sandu Stories will hit. It's going to be a good one. Um, I guess I can give one little hint. It's going to be a true crime what if based on H.H. Holmes. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right, guys. Well, uh, we'll see you here on the free platform next week with a new Strange Shorts. And if you're on Patreon, we'll see you for the Sandu Stories. All right. Be strange, guys. Just don't be strangers. You hush your mouth, boy.